Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. On today's episode, we sit down with Peter Boll, Australian 800 metre runner. We learn the inspiring story of Peter's life and his journey to representing Australia at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. We understand how his life as an athlete has been turned upside down with the postponement of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. We talk goal setting, performance, reviews, training techniques and mindfulness. This pretty much could be our best episode so far. Enjoy. Where's home for you? Um, I think Melbourne now, you know. <laughs> My family lives in Perth and, and it always feels home because I've got, I've got a pretty big family, pretty close with them. Four, four brothers, one sister and both of my parents. So it always feels home, but being home for two months, living with your parents again, it adds up, adds up a little bit. So Tell I'm me actually about quite happy. Oh, <laughs> it's not good, happy. is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not bad, but it, it just adds up. I love your so, mum yeah. and dad, but I've had enough of you. That's pretty much <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just different, different freedom. Just, you know, just being here in Melbourne, you know, by yourself, trying out new things and all that. Kind of a little bit limited back in Perth. Can imagine. How's, how has COVID and coronavirus impacted you? How have you felt the sting from what's going on? There was like a really good part of it. And then there was like a pretty bad part of it. The bad part was obviously the Olympic Games being postponed. And, and right now we're supposed to be overseas. Experiencing winter for the first time in like five years in Melbourne. So I don't know how I feel about that. And it's not even that cold yet. And then there's a great part, which um, I don't usually get to spend much time at home. So I was just in Perth for two months with my family. So that was, that was not scheduled at all. That was just random. Right. The Olympic Games getting moved. Like, that must have played with your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, um, everything just moves so fast. So it was like, it was just adding up week by week, everything getting postponed. And then when the Olympics got postponed, I guess we knew we had to kind of take some time off. So I took two weeks off just to relax. And then we're just training as normal as it's like nothing ever got cancelled. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. I, I look at it and I go... You must have been in some sort of training routine and preparing for the games and then to have it cancelled and be like, all right, well, 12 months later, you have to do the same thing. It's, you must yeah. have to change your training schedule, your routine, or how do you prepare differently for that? Yeah, it sucks because, I mean, I was in shape too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was too, mate, before I came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, you know, I was in serious shape and, and we're just looking forward even, you know, just at Olympic trials, you know. Me and my training partner, we're just in great shape this year. And it's just like someone tells you, you know, there's no more competitions. And you're like, that's, that's kind of crazy, you know, I had to deal with it and stuff like that. And I don't think anyone knew how to deal with it because no one knew it was going to be postponed. So, I mean, we just played it by ear. Just speaking to our coach and manager, our manager was pretty good, said, you know, for the next few months, just train up to 70% to 80%, you know, because it's going to be hard training 100% especially when you have nothing to train for, you know, yeah, there's no yeah. event on the line. So we just did that. And with the training, we reduced it a bit. So I was training before that. I was training maybe six, seven times a week. And we moved it to like five, five times a week. And obviously no gyms. So there was a bit of components missing there. And Pilates, which actually is pretty nice. We weren't doing it either. I've never really done Pilates. You're a stretcher. You're just an, you're just an old school stretcher. I'd but, like to do but, some Pilates. Do some. Well, you guys live in the area. KX Pilates. Yeah, it's a great place. That's where we go. And then like 400 meters down the road is fat milk. Perfect routine. You love it. You love it. So <laughs> what's that four or five times, four or five times a week you're training? Is, is that it? At 80%? At the moment, nah, at the moment we moved up a bit. So we're about six times now. 
and we're training about 90%. So what's the routine like? You get up, you spring up out of bed, you, you, you do a big run or what's what to go? Is it gym work? How do you break that up? He's got his runners next um, to his bed on his pillow. Yeah, and he sleep with the runners on. <laughs> no, I actually, actually got a pretty good team, team around me. So really, I don't have to think about what I'm doing. It's, you know, my coach sets the whole training program. So Monday is like speed. Um, Tuesday, we do a session at the track. Wednesday, we do a jog, uh, which is 30 to 40 minutes, about seven to eight Ks. Thursday, we do hills, which is pretty, that's the rough ones. The hills, the hills add up. And then Fridays is again, a jog or a day off. And then Saturdays is a session. And Sundays is um, a day off at the moment. Well, it's more than what we're doing, Locke, I reckon. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, you're making me feel like a right piece of shit here. <laughs> I'm stealing Rob's question here because I know he wanted to touch on it. it was the, the mamba mentality. And yeah. you mentioned, you did you do a mamba month? Yeah, we did one. Just, just in honor of Kobe Bryant. You know, I'm a massive basketball fan. And obviously, Kobe, with everything that went on, um, we decided just to nominate a month to be like mamba mentality. So we basically just touched on the the one percenters because we're already doing enough. And, um, you know, in that article, I think I uh, compared both weeks, you know, Mamba Mentality Week and another week. And there's like small differences, but, you know, over a month time, it's supposed to kind of add up. And that was the whole Kobe's, Kobe's idea, you know, over a month, over a year, or over five years, it kind of adds up. So we, you know, that's when we started KS parties in the mornings on a Tuesday and then the PM would do our session. Usually in the morning on a Tuesday, we'd be, we'd be at a coffee shop having a few coffees and then we just swap that a little bit, you know, go to KX, then, then head over for a coffee. And same as Thursday, we doubled that. So we just started having double days and it's, and it's worked for us, you know. We, me and my training partner, one and two in Australia in the 800, undefeated this year. So we were killing it and so we just kept going. That's sick. tough. That's tough. That's a good statement. I like oh. that. One and two. One and two. Wait, what, what, why, why is, like, everyone knows who Kobe, it's so sad when, the tragic accident that happened with Kobe Bryant earlier this year, but Mamba mentality, he had a book out, but for those who are listening, who don't quite know what the Mamba mentality is, why did it resonate so much with you? One, I'm a huge basketball fan. You know, I played, I played basketball almost longer than I ran. So I only started running when I was 17. And before that, I actually went to school on a basketball scholarship and Kobe was my favorite player. And um, so that's, that's why. And then two, I just loved Kobe's work ethic. He was just excellent, you know, he'd, he'd work and the way he spoke and, and then he just backed it up. You know, people speak, but then there's people that back it up and Kobe backed it up. So it kind of made more sense to follow his footsteps. So yeah, those, those are the only reasons, I guess. I got the, um, in the background, you can see my new surfboard and I got it just after Kobe died. I called it the Black Mamba. The Black Mamba. Respect. <laughs> Respect. <laughs> hey, you dinged it though. You, you oh, yeah, I rode it straight to the rocks the other day. <laughs> <Yeah>. So... <laughs> that's <laughs> not the best start <laughs> Mate, you've had such an interesting like reading reading about your, your story and your childhood and then obviously like you're talking about now what you've been able to achieve and 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 get to it's such an inspirational and amazing story how did you get to what you're doing now oh man that's that's kind of a long story but i'll make it a bit short um you know like, from... take all the time you want take all the time you want. <laughs> <laughs> i like it uh i guess with the sports part, as I said before, I came into it pretty late. But before that, you know, there was, there's that story that's, that um, attracts a lot of interest because when I first moved to Australia, I think I was only 10 years old, 
and the first thing we had to kind of do is learn English, you know, learn a new language. Um, Arabic's my first language. Um, moved from, from Sudan to Egypt to Toowoomba, Queensland, from Toowoomba to Perth, from Perth now to Melbourne. And I'm not even in Melbourne enough, you know, so I'm just on the move and I have been since I was young, which is pretty cool. But with the athletics part, um, it's actually a funny story because, you know, a kid growing up from Africa running is, isn't really a sport. You know, you just kind of, we kind of kick a soccer ball around and, and basketball is the most popular sport as well as soccer. So um, when I went to school, a private school, and, and teachers said you had to run athletics because it's compulsory, kind of made no sense, you know. <laughs> um, but then I was pretty competitive growing up in a household full of boys, you know, four boys we were pretty competitive and, and winning was like the only option. And I remember going to school cross country, winning, going to, into school cross country and coming second. And I was so disappointed. And this teacher pulls me aside and says, Pete, you came second out of like 300 students. That's amazing. And I'm just like, no, it's not. Imagine the first person, you know, how does he feel? So that's where it kind of all started. And, and she said, maybe you should do it outside of school. And I just, I refused because I was playing basketball. And in two years time, I got sick of coming second. And I just went to her and I said, sign me up. And that's how it kind of started. And you're talking about um, your training partner at the moment. We watched a YouTube this today and it was from <laughs> yeah. earlier this year. So it must've been when you're talking about being in good Nick and you went one, two, <laughs> yeah. but you got, you were one. So do you yeah. want to use this as a little sneaky thing, a little jab at him to say that you've still got the last win on the board or is that? <laughs> no, nah, we actually just did the tan and he actually got the win. Uh, well, he didn't get the win, but um, well, a win over me. We just had a time trial around the 10, but it's, I guess it's not a proper race. That's another thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we're competitive, but it kind of works to advantage, you know, because if we weren't that, if we weren't that competitive, I don't know. I prefer to be, I prefer to be one and two rather than like sixth and seventh. And I prefer to be one and two running fast times rather than like one and two running slow times and being competitive together. We're running like one and two, but as you can see from those races, we're stringing away from the field. Mm. So like, so I think that's, I like that. I like that aspect of it. And, and no one likes losing, but um, if you're losing like that, then, you know, you got to be good about it. Athletics is a, as an individual sport, like, and it's one of those ones that you look at it and you go, Teamwork for me, unless maybe in some of the relays and being involved in a bigger thing, it doesn't really come out. But what you guys have seemed to have got going, you've got a bit of a tight knit team that you, you run together, you're pushing each other. Um, yeah. Do you think that helps like having that um, team bond or team chemistry in, in, in competing and, and having some success, the both of you? Yeah. And training. And I mean, fuck, we travel so much and, you know, last year we were away for like four months and just to have familiar faces. It kind of helps. You know, so that's that's pretty good. And I guess athletics is kind of tough because it's only one person that can kind of win. But when it comes to the Olympics, there's three spots. So, I mean, there's a spot for each of us. Is, is there a lot of smack talk? Uh, there isn't. I wish there was more, but there <laughs> isn't. Because, <laughs> I mean, you can't. It's not like basketball where, you know, you're shooting a shot and you can talk a bit of trash. Man, if you try to talk trash while you're running, you'd run out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I do one lap of footy training, mate, and I'm talking to people and I can't even breathe. <laughs> Most of the trash, you probably, if, if it happens, you probably see it online, which is, you know, it's a bit different. <laughs> what was it like going to the Olympics? This is one of the things Locke and I were talking about. Like, as a, as a kid growing up, my dream was to go to the Olympics. 
Telling the story how you thought you you could have chose between football or the Pan Pacific Games. He wanted to bring this up with you, Peter. I didn't want to bring it up, but if we want if we want to have a race, (laughs) (laughs) we don't. I I can't run, so let's not let's not go there. But no, seriously, as a kid growing up, one of my my dreams and ambitions is uh, like like I said, I went on and as some as a lot of kids do, they have to choose a sport and a pathway, and I I chose down to go down the footy pathway, but. Going to the Olympics as a kid, I can't remember how many drawings I had with me doing lots of different stuff. It must have been a bit of a buzz being around just so many athletes and just like it's a pinnacle of high performance. What was your experience like at the Olympics? I think everyone has a unique experience, but mine was just, it's strange because um, one, it was five years after I started, I started running and two, I had no idea who I was racing because I mean, I remember at the Olympic Village, I was like more excited to see the basketball players than than the runners because I didn't even really know any runners. You know, I just who was, there, that, who was there there? Who was there from basketball that, that that Olympics? Did they bring any stars across? Did USA bring any stars across? No, the US the USA had too much money. So the the NBA, the Olympic team, basketball team stayed at a yacht. They didn't actually stay in the village. But um what's his name? I met Clay. Clay Thompson. He came cool. yeah he, he came over um to the village, had him meals Tony Parker, uh, met some great people out there. So that was pretty cool. But man, the experience was, was unreal, you know? Um, you know you, there's some things you just get so excited about and then there's some things it's just like, whoa, you know, we actually, we're actually here. And then you kind of almost forget what you're there to do. And that's, I think that's just being a rookie, being first there. And then, you know, it was the first time I ever wore Australian singlet. I never went to World Juniors, never went to a Commonwealth Games, World Champs or anything. So I was just chucked right into the Olympics. So it's kind of kind of like, whoa. And, you know, I don't usually get excited about, about food, but when food is free, it kind of adds up. <laughs> hey, what's, what's on the menu? Come on. Surely there's something. It's all healthy stuff, isn't it? There's no KFC. Nah, no nah, I won't even lie. There is a lot of healthy stuff, but there's even a McDonald's in there. So You're kidding. Nah, seriously, there's even a McDonald's inside there. There's, you can eat whenever you want. Vending machines that don't cost money. You know, surely there's a bit of judgment if if you're sitting in, <laughs> in the in the McDonald's sort of food court in the Athletes Village and people walking past going, "Is this competing tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, if you're competing tomorrow and you're in there, that's the problem, I guess. Isn't, but you don't, didn't they say you Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt ate chicken nuggets, isn't that? Wasn't it at his diet for like eight years? Chicken nuggets? I don't know. I read about that, but I don't know how true it is. Yeah, I don't know if he's or not. <laughs> he likes basketball. I'm not running, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's had a few. You got a degree in construction, is that correct? Construction management, yeah. Construction management. That's completely different to, to running. Can you explain that contrast and what got you interested <laughs> in that? Um, yeah, so when I was finishing school, I was, I was actually sitting my SATs to, to go to college and then I decided just to stay. To be honest, signing up for uni... I was just looking at the courses and I figured construction management just stood out for some reason. And then I ended up actually enjoying it and staying with it. And I worked, I worked in the industry for about a year after I finished. And then, you know, and then I just took athletics a bit seriously. So I don't actually work in the industry at the moment. You're also pretty, you're pretty vocal about helping others and, and push down that pathway of higher education to further learning, which I think for us is, it resonates really well with what the purpose of our podcast is, is to promote that continuous learning, being better, incremental improvement. So it's, I'd, I'd love for you to touch on um, what does that education pathway look, look like 
for you and why you're passionate about it? For me, I think it can be anything. As long as you can kind of help someone um, follow their passion, I think you win, you know, because I guess that's where we excel. You know, if you're doing something you love and I think the issue at the moment is not many people follow up their love and they just follow the crowd kind of thing. You know, there's, there's those simple jobs that you can, you can kind of do and everyone follows it. But if you're like really passionate about something and, and when you are, it's usually really competitive and you kind of shy away from it, you're not going to follow it. And I think that's, that's basically what you try to teach, you know, because I think you can, you can sit down, read a book or you can get educated, discipline yourself enough and get a degree. But to follow your dreams, it takes more than that. I think one of the, the things that stood out that we were on your website before, and you said your goal is to encourage consistent action and promote the safety, well-being, and resilience of others. It's a pretty good purpose, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's and again, following those goals, they're not going to happen without action. If you can figure a way to help someone, you know, just to implement a few actions each day, it kind of adds up in a year or whatever. And if you do more actions, it will add up less than a year, whatever, whatever the time frame is. But eventually, it will add up. But if you, if you kind of speak about it and you don't do anything, it's never really going to work out, is it? So goal setting is one of your, your topics you do of, of your talks. Do you want to give us a bit of a rundown on what, what's goal setting to you? Yeah, so I, I did goal setting pretty early. When I first started, when I first started running and man, I, was, I didn't really understand how hard athletics was. And, and I wrote down I was going to run 145 and I was only running like 208 and not knowing even know you had to like cross in in the 800 or whatever. And I had that down and I had it down for like five years and I ended up running exactly the same time I had down, you know, just writing it down where you'd be able to see it and, you know, goal setting, you implement the smarter principle, you know, they've got to be specific, you know, they've got to be measurable, you know, and they've got to be realistic, you know, 145 in a year when I was running like two minutes was not realistic, but you know, the, the beauty of goal setting is you can adjust. It's not going to work straight away. You can adjust, you know, the next year it's like, oh, maybe 145 is a bit tough. You know, let's set short-term goals and then let's make that 145 a long-term goal. Makes sense because you need to celebrate the little wins and, and get the, the positivity going. You need to be able to tick yeah. them off and, and get the momentum swinging your way, eh? Yeah, and you, need to be, and you need to be in the moment rather than being so like, all right, the future, future, and then you forget to kind of kind of live like I want to run 145, 145, and you're here running. You're running a PB and you're not even, you know, you're not even taking it in. You're just thinking about 145. And, and to be honest, it might never happen. You know, you're not, you're not guaranteed that. Mm. I mean, you're not guaranteed anything. So, yeah, I think it's just being in the moment. The cool thing with athletics and especially your event is that it's very measurable. Your goals, especially if you're setting them with times, you know, mm. at the end of the race, you look over and you go, well, I didn't get it or I got it. Does yeah. that, how do you prepare? Like you're on the line, you're about to go, you've had your warm up waiting for the gun you're you're on the brink of running a pb or like you said before you're in pretty good nick how does yeah. um mindset and mentality go into it are you someone who gets stressed before a race like what's your preparation routine the best races i've had is when when i've actually thought about nothing during a race you know i think running is tough man if, if you're thinking too much you you're missing a few seconds so it's, you know, you've trained for like what six maybe seven years and you've trained a whole year you should be able to know what to do. Your body already knows what to do. So I don't think you want to overcomplicate anything. You just go in there and do what you, what you already do at training. You're just doing it at a competition, you know, at a bigger level. And at the end of the day, the 800, whether I'm running in Melbourne or running in 
Monaco, Paris, I'm still running two laps of the track. So that's the mindset I kind of try to take. And it sounds a lot easier, but it's actually, it's pretty hard to kind of implement because when you're there, you know, you see, you see the fans, you see people you're competing against and, and your head starts playing games. And, and it's just a matter of breathing, controlling your breathing and doing your warm-up routine and just accepting that, that you're going to be nervous regardless. The nerves kind of come a little bit down, but you can control them. That's so cool, man. We, we spoke to Caleb Daniel. I don't know if you, you know who Caleb Daniel is, plays for the Western Bulldogs, yeah. but he talked about um, when he's having a shit quarter playing footy and he's got to come in and reset and try and settle those nerves and, and, and sort of reframe his mind to get back in that performance zone or get back in the zone. Have you had any, any times where you've gone and just had like a stinker of a race and you've just had a shocker and how have you come back for it? Or if you haven't, you're just too good, just like all good. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I wish I haven't. You know, I've had I had some shocking races over the years, and and it's okay when you're not in shape because you kind of have to learn to be honest with yourself. You know, if you're not in shape and you have like a bad race, I don't think you deserve to kind of be angry because you haven't put the work. But it's those that you work really hard and you're in shape, and then you just don't perform. Those are the really hard ones to get back from. You know, and I've had a few of those. I've had one last year where I went and raced in Belgium. I was in great shape. And man, I think I ended up running like, my PB is 144. I ended up running like a 150 coming last. And then the week after I ran in Barcelona, ended up running a 145. So like, obviously within a week, there's no way you can get five seconds faster. It's just, it's just a matter of the race. And it's just a matter of, you know, just mentally you're there, you're more there. So you just got to figure out what happened. As long as you know, you're not out of shape, and one race doesn't determine your whole season. Basically, one one moment or experience doesn't determine your next day. You're kind of good. And that takes experience. I think you kind of got to suck it up. The first few years, it added up and, you know, you're doing bad and then it impacts your next race and your next race. And it's just through trial and error, you know, you learn through that. Or you can learn through other people. Um, that's another way as well. But we learn great when it's through us, I think, when we experience it ourselves. Everyone we've been talking to, the, the main catalyst for them getting where they are is learning on the job <clears throat> and actually yeah. getting that experience and obviously like that shifting mindset, navigating what, what you've gone to the Olympics without representing Australia before. That's insane. You know, like, mm. yeah. And having that mindset and just that learnability and adaptability and, and um, continuous learning, I suppose, it, it, that takes that mindset to, to be a, an athlete, it, it seems like. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I guess, a progress kind of mindset, you know. You just, you just keep continuing to try to progress anyways, you know, even if you fail, you know, you just readjust and, you know, just kind of wake up. When you, when you're, I know you probably watched the last dance, but I know Michael Jordan was speaking about, he just used to pick, pick on players and just sort of (laughs) make up stuff that they said to him to sort of, do do you set your goals around that? You're like, Oh, this guy has been killing it. I need to take over. Or is it, is it like that or not really? Do you, do you set your goals? to try and I beat was, others and stuff like that? Or is it more personal to you going, oh, I want to run this for, for my sake? You know what I mean? I'll be happy if I run this time. I, I was when I first started, which explains the basketball kind of mentality and, and the culture. And then, you know, now I kind of said just more, more personal goals. If I can be the best I can, I know it's very hard to be beaten. So that's the end of the day. And I mean, if you, if you set your goals around someone else, it's, it's tough. Because, I mean, if they have a bad race, you might end up having a bad race. And if they're too far in front of you, you might play with your mind. 
and say, oh, I've already kind of failed the goal. But if you kind of set the goal on yourself, which is to finish the race and, and you set the time and you just go, it kind of works out better, I think, when it comes to athletics. But yeah, Michael Jordan's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Basket, if it was like basketball, it's a team sport, it would definitely be different. You know, you'd definitely pick on a few players and, and you know, push them around and, you know, because it brings you a lot of energy. I remember when I used to play basketball and it's, it's a lot of energy that way. You know, depends where you get your energy from. A lot of people will be talking about like reviewing performance. So like, do you have a, uh, do you have a regular review process that you go through, whether it's after races or, uh, or like around your training routines? Like how do you touch base and check in? Uh, is this working? Do we need to change anything? Or is that you, is that something you work directly with your coach with? Yeah. Uh, both yourself, your coach and, and whoever else you want to involve really. So after each race or before each race, you set yourself some goals, obviously. And then after each race, you review. You know, the way I do it is um, after each race, it's pretty simple. I write three things that went well and three things that could have went better. And that's how I review it. And before the next race, I kind of look at it. So the first thing I always do is write what I did well before I write what, what didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, or what could have worked better. So that's how I review most of my races. And that's how I review most things, you know. That's the progress kind of thing. It's, it's, Just, it's, it's interesting, right? We had, we interviewed our, our good friend, Liz Watson. She was saying the same thing about her netball and the diamonds and they do stop, start, keep straight after the game. They do um, stop. What are the things we want to stop? What are the things we want to start doing? And what are the things we want to keep doing? And it's yeah. even in the business world, we've been talking to some people who like retrospectives or reviews is a massive thing and talking around different ways of like, how do we get better? And it's amazing yeah. that these same little techniques are popping up across everyone in these different fields. But everyone's yeah. got their own little spin on it. That's great. Yeah, because it's it's still fresh in your mind, you know. If I was if I was gonna review a race a week later, you'd probably miss a few things. Um, and then the worst, I guess, I guess you only fail if you consistently make the same mistakes. And that's and that's the whole point of this review process. You don't wanna you don't wanna make the same the same errors, you know. When which is fine, but especially when you know you, you can do better. And by reviewing it um, earlier while it's still fresh in your head, you kind of remember it, write about what you can do better and then just move on. And that's the best you can do, I guess. The moving on thing's hard though, because it, it takes a certain type of, like you're talking about progression mindset. Do you want to touch mm. on what progression mindset is for you? Yeah, moving on is, moving on is rough and, and you can't really set a time on it. Because if you're upset, you're upset. You can't pretend you're not upset. I think you'll get even more upset. So like some races where you know, you're upset and you're trying to hold it and it's better off just letting it out and letting it, whatever time it takes just to completely get out of your system, you know, whatever, however you deal with that. And I guess the progressive mindset is um, knowing that and also just looking at it, um, I guess, in a way, if you look at what you're doing as, you know, just to continue to kind of improve on. So like, like if I'm running the 800 and I'm, I'm running 144. That's my personal best. And I win a race in 145. That's not, that's, that's success. You know, if you're winning a race, it depends how you feel. You're not always going to run a faster time, but you can always win on different aspects, you know? So, so you find different ways to win, you know? Okay. So at 800, there's winning as PB is winning. There's also winning a race because some, some races I've ran, I've ran really fast, but I didn't win. And I was happy with that. So you got to find different ways what winning is to you rather than just one 
So you kind of have, you're more encouraged to do more. How do you shave off like two seconds, like in a week? Like sure, is it a mental thing? Is it the art of running the flow? What, what do you change to, to change like two seconds or, cause it's so like, that's, that's not that much time. I think arrogance in like a good way, like confidence way, you gotta, you gotta kind of be arrogant enough to think you can do it. And if you don't do it, then you say, so what? Not many, you know, no one can really judge if you don't do it. And if they do, they do. It doesn't matter, but you've got to go out there thinking you can do it. And if I go out there thinking I can shave like two seconds off and I don't, and I shave like 1.8, you know, happy days. But I shave one second, still happy days. But if you go out there and you're thinking it's impossible, you're not really going to do anything. So you got to kind of be confident enough firstly to say you're going to be able to do it. And then you're going to back it up with actually training. Because no matter what you say, if you don't, if you don't do the work, you're not really going to, you're not going to go shave it off. It's kind of a joke if I go out there and say I'm going to shave two seconds off and I haven't been training for a month. It's just not going to work. Not at the highest level anyway. So yeah, if you want steps, I guess one is you actually got to, you got to say it, you got to believe it. Two, you got to go out there and do it. You know, the action part, train for it. And three, when you get there, you just got to, you just got to know you're ready to go. Do you think publicly setting goals helps with that, that, that accountability of like, hang on, I've said that I'm going to, you know, beat this record or what, is it good to put your goals out there to make sure you're accountable? Yeah. It depends on the person, really. Some people, there's no limits. There's no a certain way to do it, but there's some people that put it out there and, and do it. There's some people that you know, you don't even see in social media and they just come out of nowhere and you're like, cause I mean, we live in social media now. You're like, where did this dude come from? You know? Mm. but he's really been training and stuff. He's just not on social media. So I think I'm right in the middle. I can kind of put it out and, and get a lot of energy from it. And at the same time, I, I can kind of set it myself and be like, just want to surprise people and want to surprise yourself. Just come out of nowhere. So like dead in the middle. I don't mind either. What are your goals then for the next little bit? For the Olympics coming up next year, <clears> like where are you, what are you aiming for? If, if where does Peter want to be? If they if come through, we're watching. <laughs> me and Locke will be cheering. We'll get as beers going. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. The long the long term is definitely um, the Olympics, and and again that confidence. Not trying to be arrogant, but you know setting a goal to be at the Olympics. That's not even the goal anymore. You know because you expect to be there. You know that's that's not something I want to waste my energy on. Although it's the first step to go into the Olympics is setting it to be there. But I think I should be there. So the next goal is then is, is performance-wise. You know, like the first Olympics was getting there. The second Olympics is performance. So that's, that's how I change it up. I like that. You've got the experience now, you know what I mean? You've been there before. You've done that. You've come back and trained. You've had that extra year. I mean, big things are coming your way, mate. I'm, I'm a believer. Big things, big things. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll have the signs up ready to rock and roll, Rob, won't we? Yeah, we'll get we'll back, we'll paint some signs, I think. <laughs> and we got we got a great team. I saw you guys interview um, some of the boys from Empower. We do our gym stuff over there. Yeah, mate, yeah. that's where that's where we uh, that's where we found you, mate. Robbie Robbie went for a bit of a stalk on Empower. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good people training out of that gym in there. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Um, we we are coached by um, Jimmy and Chris. And man, they're just, they're just some hungry guys, you know. The best thing is they're trying to learn and, and they're already experienced. So having two athletics guys, so they're putting in like so much work. And it's, it's so fun, man. If I'm you come so in there and, and, we're, and we're having a session, it's just, it's just fun. But, but then when we start working, we get to work. And then as soon as it stops, you know, it's back to fun again. So it's, it's an awesome environment out there. How do you feel about training? Like, are you, do you like training? 
Do I like training? It depends, man. <laughs> when I'm coming, when I'm coming back from like a, a long time off, whew, you know, is it's kind of dreadful. But when you're fit, it's like just it's so peaceful, you know. It's like going for a bike ride along along the river or running through the ocean or going for a surf to you, whatever it is, whatever you gain your peace from. But when you're unfit and you're and you're doing lactic sessions and and you're throwing up, it's not it's not very fun. Do you smash yourself <laughs> early? Like when you when you're unfit, do you just go hard as or do you easy do it? <laughs> Nah, some I, just, I need some I, personal advice man. i'm 29 chubby i live on doritos and kit kat so um, if there's anything you can sort of recommend for, for chubby um you know 29 year olds you can you can smash into it right and you can get fit quickly but it's not it's not sustainable um and i've tried that before so i'll let you know it's not very sustainable because you lose motivation pretty quickly and before you know it you're back to normal but if you kind of do it slowly build up to it and plus, you don't want to get injured either. Maybe come out on a run with us for 30 minutes. That, that sounds great, mate. You might have to put a bit of rope to you, to you and that time out because I'll, be, uh, I'll be lagging behind, mate. I'll put or the rollerblades on, mate. You can take me. Or come, come to a few sessions and then, and then we'll see how we go and we'll assess from there. Oh, 100%, mate. 100%. Sounds like a plan. I'll see you down at the Aberfeldy Athletics track, mate. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I wear your Australian bib? That'd be yeah, I'll, I'll bring your body suit. <laughs> bring your body suit. Fucking hell. I'll bring the camera down for that one, I think. <laughs> the body suit's still rocking? They're, people still wearing them? Yeah, we love it, man. Yeah? <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few right now because we're sponsored by Adidas and, and the body suits are usually for sprinters, but we recommend some. You know, we always want the body suits. They're nice. They look tough, I reckon. They look tough. <laughs> They're nice, yeah. You're going to be co super confident to wear it. And then once you wear it, you're just like, oh, this is not bad. Because you can't <laughs> hide much, can you? The nah. Matt, Matt Shervington. Is it Matt Shervington? <laughs> yeah. The In the body bowl. suit? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I reckon you'd be rocking a camo one, Rob, wouldn't you? You'd be a custom-made camo. Custom-made. Head to toe. <laughs> now you see me now, you don't, huh? <laughs> you're talking about being at peace when you run right um, a lot of people we're talking about is like meditation mindfulness um like you were talking about finding peace do you do you incorporate any of those sort of um those techniques into your training or into your life yeah like in a day you know sometimes you remind yourself just to every now and then just to breathe or before a race i also try to do some breathing um, mornings, mornings try to keep the same routine and, you know, one great one, uh, I'm not sure who's, who's the author, but the greatest one was, you know, in the morning, try to sit silence for like 10 minutes. It's tough to do, man. Like 10 minutes in silence. It's crazy, but you get really creative in those 10 minutes. You know, you try not to think about anything and that's, and that's pretty peaceful. You could do it at home. You could do it anywhere or go for a 10 minute walk, something to slow you a bit down, you know, because running now. It's almost like it's a workout. You don't want it to be a workout. You just, you know, for me, just sitting down for 10 minutes silently or reading as well. Reading is very peaceful. What are you reading at the moment? What's on the bookshelf? Um, I was reading um, Trevor Noah, Born a Crime. It's pretty funny. And it's pretty funny and it's really insightful. Because, I mean, I was in South Africa last year as well. So I picked that up. What Trevor is Noah, he's the, he's the comedian on Netflix, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the comedian, South African comedian. Hilarious. Yeah, I'll, I haven't seen it. Is it good? Tonight. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, he's got a book, uh, which is Born a Crime. So he just speaks about a bit of a, about the racism in South Africa and 
and he was literally born a crime because he was at the time, you know, whites and blacks couldn't really be together. And, you know, and he's this light skinned baby. So he's basically a crime. Yeah. He couldn't. Yeah. So it's an interesting book. Especially with what's going on in the world at the moment. Yeah, like, of course. It's pretty full on. I mean, 2020 has been, been full on from the bushfires to. <laughs> Something's going wrong, you know? What's yeah. going on? Oh, it's, mate. ScoMo's not sleeping, is he? Yeah, it's supposed to be like the biggest year for everyone, and, and it's just super quiet. But at the same time, I think it's it's a year where a lot of people are learning to be together from fighting so much. At the same time, you know, the bushfires kind of brought us together. Coronavirus, like oh, so you know, a lot of people now spending time with their families, spending time at home. And I mean, most I know a lot of people that complain about nine to five jobs, and then now they're like, oh man, I actually. I'd rather be in the office than rather be home. So it gave people a different perspective in a way. I think so, 100%. I think it gave everyone an opportunity to slow down, take a step back and actually look at what am I doing with my life? What do I believe in? What's important to me? Because all those, mm. all those extra external things that were sort of in your face all the time got stripped away. Sport, sport disappeared. Um, businesses were shut down. It just brought everyone back to the bare essentials. I think it was a, it's a pretty cool opportunity for society, really. Yeah, and it's, it's tough on, I guess, the mental health part of it. Because people are losing jobs at the same time. And, and you know, ex- gyms were closed. You know, if you're running a gym, it's tough. If you're running a cafe or stuff because, or a restaurant. Um, so it's really, it really different, man. And just being outside was different. It was a different vibe. You know, like driving around Melbourne with no traffic is strange. You know? It's weird, huh? It's, you you wouldn't own a car, would you? You just run everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Surely not. Huh? Okay, okay. R- running around Melbourne. Then. <laughs> no, no. We actually, we actually drive. I drive. I even drive to Mr. Hoffman, and it's like four hundred meters away from my place. Come <laughs> on, um, oh, mate. Oh, I suppose that's the recovery, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I, mean? I think recovery that's fair enough. Is really important. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk about recovery then. We haven't really you yeah. touched on your training and stuff. What do you do for recovery? Are you good? Um, like, what's your diet like? Is that you're big on diets or you, you eat anything? Let, maybe not diet. Let's talk about recovery. Let's talk about recovery. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> Too many hot chocolates, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, reco- recovery is really important because at the end of the day, you want to rock up back to training the next day and to be able to work at a higher quality. And you can't do that if you're not recovered. Uh, and the best. The best recovery tips for me is one is rest, sleep. I love sleeping. Um, so that works out well for me. Two, you know, you got to do the little things. Um, go get physio, get the treatments, all those things that are like kind of boring, but they're great for recovery. Sitting down, playing PlayStation uh, while on those boots as well kind of oh, helps out. Compression, compression, compression boots. Yeah. Compression they're cool, boots. man. I like them. They're really cool. Like last night, um, I had someone while watching tv like 40 minutes and then that's kind of about it you know rest sleep um the massage stuff and then the fuel so a lot of water the good food the vegetables and you know oh, all yeah, the right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what about ice bars yeah. cold cold water therapy do you do any like hot colds are you you're scared of the ice bars i'm not even gonna lie i'm not even gonna, i'm from perth i don't even like the cold so if i have to have to i'll get a nice bar but if there's any other options, I'll take something else. I'll take something else. But I was, I was using the beach quite a bit in Perth. 
and it was freezing. But again, you get there for 10 minutes and you just breathe, you know, try to do some breathing. And before you know it, it's over. And you end up really well recovered. Mate, I've been having cold showers for the last five years or ending the, ending the shower the last 30 seconds. And it just makes me feel energized, mate. It feels like... It makes you I'm feel just, awake, right? Yeah, man. My, my yeah. brain's just ticking. All right, I'm awake now. So for me, that was a good chance to, to kick back and reset and stuff like that. But everyone's different, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Well, breathing. You did the Wim Hof thing too. Like, yeah. Have you heard of Wim Hof, Peter? Mm, yeah. Yeah? Have I, haven't, you, I, haven't, I haven't applied it, but I heard of it. Mate, we, I saw a, I went to one of his like workshops or whatever a couple of years ago and he got us all in the ice bath and got us to do these breathing techniques and it feels like you, you it's like an out-of-body experience. Like you start getting the tingles. I don't know if there's just less oxygen in your brain. Um, that, that's probably the, that's probably <laughs> the, the scientific, reason. yeah, the scientific <laughs> reason. But, um, but yeah, in terms of slowing down and, and stuff like that and, and um, yeah, in terms of your immune system, apparently it's really good and I haven't sort of, kept it up but i've been having the cold showers but um the breathing definitely does help slow the mind down mate i can definitely understand that perspective and um you know from doing it myself and taking them deep breaths and just living in the moment a little bit because we spoke to paul ruse a couple of days ago yeah or yeah a couple of days ago rob and he was saying one of the the big things he took away from the last dance of michael jordan was his ability to stay present and in the moment in every single yeah um which just seems really really hard to do and a lot of people strive to do what do you do for fun? You play PlayStations? You say that you like you follow the basketball? What's fun oh, for yeah. you? Too many things actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love I love getting on the bike and going down Maribyrnong River. And I don't know if coffee shops count, but man, I think I've visited a lot of coffee shops with two of my favorites, obviously, uh, Mr. Hoffman and Fat Milk. If I'm not answering my phone and you find me anywhere, you probably just go one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad life, is it? I mean, you see all the the athletes just rolling around, there, just cafe hopping from breakfast to lunch. Do a bit of a do a bit of a run, drink a few <laughs> hydrolytes, and Bob's your uncle. <laughs> and we're done. Yeah, we're so pumped that you've come on the show. Like I've I could chew your ear off about heaps of different things, but the things we wanted to sort of cover, I've ticked off all my things I wanted to tick off. Having a chat. Yeah, we've got some really good info, mate. You you are the man. <laughs> you are the man. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That was good. Smooth. What's on for the rest of the day? Got to run for about 30 minutes, which I'm hoping you join. Yeah. Oh, mate, just give us a time, mate. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> uh, and today's, today's an easy day. So I just got a message from my coach. said, remember the easy days are easy. Those are the best messages because you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Encourage me to do nothing. Yes, I can do that. I can do that. Man, it's so hilly around Maribyrnong, around where we sleep, yeah, live, um, Nidri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just running the elevations is, is insane. We, so we used to live in Nidri together, me and Rob. Yeah? Yeah, we used to live, um, what street was it? Hachi Street. Hachi. Hachi Street. Yeah, and we used to go down for walks down, what was the thing called down there? The Valley. Nah, but the, the new estate area with all the lake and that. Valley Lakes, yeah? You been Valley down lakes. there? Mate, that's a good little run there. That's a tidy yeah. little run on the water, mate. Few little snaps for the Instagram, you'd be loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, photogram, everything. Yeah, for the gram, mate. For the gram. (laughs) I might have to check it out now. (laughs) Our LAX is cool. It's just at the back of Nidri, and it's like the you go down there. There's some serious flights of stairs. If you like, do you you run stairs? You do hills. Oh, I think I know. I know where that is. Mm. Yeah, and do do you have that? There's a person like there's a ladder, 
yeah. in the water. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I run my, I run my bike there. Ah, that's, okay. That's like oh, three-minute ride from me, four minutes. That's so funny. We used to live literally around the corner. Nidri's a great area, mate. Yeah, that's an awesome spot. Yeah, all the new places, all the new houses and real estate. It's yeah. a good spot. And it's close to the airport. It's bonus, man. Coming yeah, back from a long flight and you're just like, for 10 minutes home, perfect. You travel heaps, eh? Yeah. Well, we've got a lot. It's nice. You like flying? <laughs> I hate flying. I like being there. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right, man. It's not too bad. I mean, for the last five years, I've been overseas every year. You know, this is, on, this is the first year I haven't been overseas. And we're actually trying to get some approval from the Olympic Committee to head over. Because there's some competitions now. So we might actually be over soon. Ooh, like mm. Where's the first one that they're talking about? My manager's looking at Poland. Maybe we race there. And then some other few races. Peter, you are the, you are the man. Thank you so much for jumping on. It's been so good to chat to you. <laughs> no, thanks, guys. <laughs> I'll see you on the track, mate. <laughs> yeah, see you on the track. See you on the <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll actually uh, tear it up, though. I'm dead set. <laughs> Yeah, with, with the Empower Boys. We're oh, mate, a thousand, <laughs> I'm moving to Torquay in a couple of weeks, but before, before we do that, we'll get in touch with Jacko and Paul and we'll sort something out. Yeah, all of them, all the boys. 100%. They're, we'll they're, hit up Hoffman, get a back in the neck roll, <laughs> mate. We'll be sweet. There's, there's eight lanes. We'll do a 400. <laughs> <laughs> oh, eight lanes. I'm going to buy <laughs> some runners. I'm going to buy some runners. And, and, and I'm just betting. I'm not even running. I'm betting on the winner. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be looking at us laughing, I reckon. That's funny. <laughs> I can't believe he's going to get you running. Oh, mate, if anyone could get me running, it's him. You know what I mean? He, um, he spoke some truth today. He's also just, he brought the energy. I loved how confident he was. Yeah, because it, it sort of gives you the confidence, doesn't it? Don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend, uh, share it, uh, leave a review, whatever you want to do. Um, we just really greatly appreciate it. We, we really love the support and the energy that you guys bring. So, yeah, we'll see you next episode. Don't forget to send us your learnings. Oh, yeah, and send us your learnings. Rob loves them. I like them. See you next episode.